Welcome to the FemiPod. These are conversations about females for everyone to listen to, learn from and engage with. Brought to you by your Femi founders, Esther Kewen and myself, Lydia O'Donnell. Welcome back to the Femi Pod. Esther and I are here to chat to you today about expectation and pressure and how that leads to stress and how that stress can really affect us emotionally, mentally, and physically. But before we get into the conversation, Esther, hi, how are you? How's your week been and how's training? I'm good, thank you, Liz. It's been a, been a busy week. Varen and I had a really cool weekend where he did a big 75K run, uh, raising some money and trying to raise awareness around kidney disease in New Zealand because it's so common and it's also like a silent killer. You know, it creeps up on people and they don't know they have it and then suddenly their kidneys are failing. So it's way too common and it's um, a really tough disease that a lot of New Zealanders deal with. So at this stage, he's already raised 20 grand, which is insane, Uh, but he also smashed his run, which is really cool. So I did 35Ks with him as well. So that was my longest run ever, which I was uh, very happy with. And now maybe I'm going to become a marathon runner or something, something weird like that, <laughs> following Lid's footsteps. Uh, but yeah, it was really, really fun. And then we just got back to Auckland. Byron's got his surgery soon on the 26th of November. So just prepping up for that, really. And apart from that, we're still in uh, level three point whatever right now. I have no idea where we are in this weird traffic light thing that we have here, but no races planned in Auckland apart from a, a 3k time trial. And then there's a road mile that I'm hoping to get down to in Palmy North, which is a beautiful place in New Zealand, but yeah, training's going really good and life is good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Firstly, congratulations on your long run and massive congratulations to Byron. He absolutely smashed that. I can't imagine running that far in one go. So it's pretty impressive. Um, And I am more than stoked to hear that you are going to become a marathoner. I also love that you called us weird. That's a huge compliment. So um, (laughs) welcome to the marathon scene, Esther. I am good. Yeah, Uh, we're four weeks out from Melbourne Marathon now. So we are in like some of the heaviest blocks of training that we would do in preparation for the marathon. So I've had a few weeks of pretty big mileage, some pretty key workouts that have been happening. And this week I am doing a block of three days of big mileage. It's about 80Ks of the three days, including a bit of marathon specific work thrown into that so we're deep in it but not long to go I'm pretty excited getting pretty nervous for the race I was saying this morning to a friend that I am particularly nervous for this race because I haven't raced a marathon in over two years and I've only raced once this year so the idea of pushing my body into a place where I haven't been for a long time is quite terrifying so if you are someone that is in the same position as me, it is completely normal. I think we need to take that nervousness and get excited um, and hopefully yeah, feel confident in ourselves going into the race. But yeah, less than four weeks. So it's all go over here. Exciting. Yeah, it's really getting down to it now. I can't imagine, you know, I did the 35K and, and I was running e- like an easy pace and my body was sore. So I can only imagine when you're actually hammering it 
and you're doing another seven Ks, <laughs> how it really feels. I've never quite been in that hurt locker. So I think you'll be amazing, lads. I'm looking forward to seeing you run. Thanks, Est. I'm very excited. I just wish you were over here for it. <laughs> I know. Go away, COVID. <laughs> All right. So getting into the conversation today, like I said, we're going to be talking about expectation and pressure and how that results in stress and what stress can do to us physically, mentally, and emotionally. So starting off, Est, do you want to jump in and tell us a little bit about pressure, what it is and how we feel it? Yeah. So pressure is just basically stress, which comes from expectations we put on ourselves or other people may put on us that we allow to affect us. So it could be, for example, uh, Lids wants to run a certain time in the marathon and that right there is pressure to to run that time or an expectation to run that time, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Pressure is really good in different forms, but I think when it becomes so important to someone, that's when potentially it can be uh, a little bit more detrimental. But yeah, so there's, yeah, the pressure that can come from your own expectations on yourself and others, and it's just how you allow that to affect you that has the, uh, the biggest effect. Yeah. So there's, I guess, two forms of pressure, right? There's we call endogenous or exogenous, which is the same as internal or external pressure. So obviously internal pressure is pressure that we put on ourselves and it may come from past experiences, past trauma. It might come from past successes and expectations that you feel that you should be able to do. Um, and then there's external pressure, which comes from the people around you. It might be your friends. It might be your family. It might be your training partners. It might be society. It's a pressure that we feel that other people have on you to be achieving something or looking a particular way or creating results that other people think that you should be or you should be deserving to get. So expectation, it's a hard one to manage, but we'll jump into a little bit deeper into how we can get around that. But yeah, I think the idea of pressure and expectation resulting in stress is really interesting. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's funny because they're so intertwined, but they are such different things as well. So yeah, like you said, it can be internal, external pressure applied on you, but either by yourself or by someone externally. And then that results in stress. And like Izzy was saying last week in the podcast that cortisol has a bad rep, uh, but it's more the behaviors around what's creating that cortisol. So if it's elevated all the time, because you're constantly stressed about something or you're putting all these expectations on yourself and potentially you're not quite reaching them or it's just no longer fun. That's when you would see sort of like the bad side of stress when it's, when it's too much pressure too often, too many expectations you're putting on yourself and then the stress becomes too much. Uh, So that can either be like physically or mentally or emotionally. There's so many different forms uh, of stress, but yeah, it's, it's a good thing in the right amount of doses, but in, too much it's it's no good for our our bodies and you know we can get menstrual cycle dysfunction or we can have mental health issues and that sort of thing resulting from too much stress yeah so they're very intertwined but they are quite different as well Mm, and both Esther and I felt kind of both forms of pressure and expectation resulting in that stress, both in a really good way and also in a really negative way. So we're going to just chat through some of our own experiences, maybe just starting off with the pressure resulting in failure. Est, if you want to jump in. Yeah, I think probably for me, and I've spoken about it multiple times, was like the success pressure and like, I guess, priding myself on times or priding myself on winning and 
then that was like how I valued my self-worth. And I put so much pressure on my pressure on myself to perform well internally that the fun was just like drained out of me. Um, it was no longer something that I enjoyed. So yeah, that's been a really big battle for me is getting, getting that internal pressure, right. As in like why I run. And I think I've definitely changed it recently and it's still, it's still uh, evolving over time, but I am looking at running in a completely different light now, which has just taken the pressure off so much. Like it's like almost, it's just big relief as I lead into races, I used to be getting more and more nervous and, and I'd start to think of times that I used to run or, or I'm only going to do well if I beat my PB or things like that. And it would just weigh me down and I'd get to the race. But I feel like I'd, you know, I have just this blanket of expectations, like holding me down, you know, and when you think about that mentally, that will affect you so much physically. So I think that's been something that I've been battling with a long time and it's getting better, which is really nice to feel. Uh, for once, <laughs> but then also when I was younger, you know, and, and still now the pressure to look a certain way. And I think that that has come internally and externally uh, by certain coaches, but also by myself and what I see around me. So yeah, that, that led me to leading down, you know, that, that path where I was anorexic when I was young and saw myself in that photo and was pretty grossed out by what I saw. And, and that led me to you know, restricting what I ate and that sort of thing. So that was all sort of resulted in failure. You know, it led to me not enjoying running and then also restricting what I was eating and becoming like pretty badly anorexic. So yeah, those are some negatives for sure that pressure's pressure's put on me. Yeah. And definitely similar to myself, like the idea of this expectation that I had to look a certain way to be a marathoner and lining up at a marathon start line feeling like I didn't deserve to be there because I didn't look a certain way that expectation and pressure resulted in me restricting my diet as well and really making decisions that weren't good for me physically or mentally and led me down to a path of relative energy deficiency syndrome where I actually couldn't run anymore for a long period of time so yeah I definitely felt that expectation and pressure as well I think for me internally I have dealt with pressure pretty badly in the past where I've kind of put this expectation on myself to be seen or to live this life that I felt society believed that I should be living. And I think, you know, I've always been a pretty hard ass female to try and prove myself because I think that is the way females have kind of been brought up that they do not really have a voice. And so to create a voice, we need to stand up and speak pretty loudly. And I kind of have always been that woman who wanted to do that especially when I was in my early twenties. And I think I just had this expectation where I needed to like kind of do everything. I, I wanted to be this elite athlete. I wanted to be working a really high powered job. I wanted to be, you know, I guess succeeding in all areas of my life, which not realizing it was actually having a massive impact on my mental and emotional and physical health. So I guess from those levels of expectation and pressure, I felt it caused a lot of stress in my body, which did lead me down the path to reds. Um, I think other like expectations that I have felt from other people, which is more of like external pressure is around racing in particular. I think when you do achieve a level of success in anything in life, whether it is sport or in your job or with your family, people create this idea of you that they, and then I guess they put this expectation that you will continue to achieve those results and maybe even better. And I think um, when I started performing pretty well a few years ago, I I gained this expectation from people to be running certain times and making certain teams. And I remember turning up to a race. It was the national champ road race in 2018 where 
everyone around me was telling me that I'd already won the race before it even started. And even my coach told me that I was going to win that race. No problem. And I ended up getting second, which is still great. I was still stoked to get a silver at national champs, but it definitely affected my, I guess, confidence in myself when I didn't win that race because so many people expected that I was going to win it. And I just didn't have a good day. And that happens in everything, like especially in sport and especially in running as a female, we have days that aren't great. And so that really affected me mentally. I I was pretty upset by the fact that I didn't win because I almost felt like I was guaranteed to win. Um, And then it happened to me again when I went into 2019 and was trying to qualify for the world champs. And at the start of 19, I guess I had this... um, I had this idea that I was ready to go all in with running. And up until that point, I was kind of like on the fence trying to work as well as run and do many things. And at that point I said, this is kind of like now or never let's pour everything into it. And so I ended up going to America and spending a few months over there training with a group over there and, and really just had my sights set on trying to qualify for world champs. And I poured a lot of energy, time and money um, into that training block. And I was probably the fittest I'd ever been in my life. And even when I was over in the States, my coach, I remember him introducing to me to people as in I had already made the team. He, he would say, oh, this is Lydia and she's going to world champs. But I hadn't even run the qualifying time at that point. But I think in his mind, I was so capable of it that I was going to do it at the qualifying race, which was Gold Coast Marathon in 2019. And so when I turned up to Gold Coast to run this race, I for a couple of weeks out, wasn't feeling great. Like I knew that I kind of already cooked myself. And so that mentally played in my mind a lot. But this idea that I believed that I was guaranteed to make the team because I knew that I could run that time. And I I think I had this expectation on myself to run the time easily, put a lot of, a lot of pressure and a lot of stress on me. And when I ended up actually pulling out of that race at about 32, 33Ks in, which was so disheartening and it was Definitely one of the hardest times that I've had throughout my running career where I went into a pretty dark place immediately when I hit stop on my watch and had to sit on the side of the road and watch all the runners go past and realize that all that time and energy that I'd put on to the training and then the expectation from everyone around me who believed that I was already going to make the world champs team. It was so mentally tough. And I think for about, it didn't last long. I'd say it was about three days where I was like pretty down and, you know, um, in a pretty dark place until I realized that, you know, I, I run because I love running and I love the way it makes me feel. And at that time, in that moment, I did not feel good. And I just thought, I just didn't want to lose that love that I had for running. So I signed up to another marathon within a few days and got back on the horse and got back out there. But I think, um, from that experience, I definitely learned that I don't perform well under a lot of pressure. Um, I I do well in running when I'm relaxed and enjoying myself and having fun. And so I actually love Molly Sedow, the American who raced and she got third at the Olympics. And I listened to a podcast with her recently, and she is definitely all about going out there and having fun. And I think that's when she performs well too. And I heard like a lot of people were ripping into her because Oh, she was high-fiving people when she was out on the course and even the commentators were giving her crap because they were saying that she was wasting energy. But, you know, she said, why, why would she be doing this if she wasn't out there to have a good time? And I very much relate to that. I think the less pressure and expectation I feel from other people, the better I can perform because I'm just out there to have a good time. So I learned a lot from that experience for sure. 
Yeah. I remember when you'd pulled out and I think maybe you called me or you messaged me saying you pulled out and I tried to call you and you didn't pick up and I was like, oh, because normally you're pretty quick at like picking up your phone and having a chat. And I was really worried about you. And I remember after that Gold Coast that year, you were so, so gutted. And it's so hard because, you know, you probably were capable of it and you definitely are capable of it. It's just that that combination of all that pressure that you're putting on yourself and, and others as well combined, plus potentially that you were two weeks too late. Like you said, you know, you were two weeks pre that race and you felt that you had overcooked yourself, but before that you were the fittest you'd ever been. So it's like mm-hmm. in turn has probably taught you a lot, but I do remember how sad you were and it was really hard to see uh, you've worked so hard for it. And I guess, yeah, all that expectation had weighed you down as well, which is so tough. Yeah, I think the expectation that you feel from other people, as well as, you know, the idea that you feel like you deserve or you are guaranteed to run a time because you've done the work, neither of them are real. You know, the expectation from people, that's an idea that you have in your head. And the guarantee thing, life doesn't guarantee you anything. (laughs) Nothing in life is guaranteed. And I think that was a really, really good experience for me to learn that. And now, I want to be confident going into races 100%, but I've got to understand that, you know, not every day is going to work out the way that it potentially you potentially want it to. So going from that, we're going to talk about pressure resulting in success. So how can, you know, pressure and expectation can be flipped and it can turn into success. Yes, do you want to just chat through like what experiences you've had with, you know, the good side of pressure? I also wanted to say one other thing about the pressure resulting in failure which I think uh, is probably important for a lot of women who maybe have like body confidence issues and stuff. But I had a coach back in the day who used to like force me to get a caliper test and weigh me and he would do it even before races. And I used to cry and try to hide from him because he would tell me that I wasn't lean enough to be a 1500 meter runner and I had too much fat on my stomach And I think that has really played on my whole body image issues with wearing crop tops and stuff. And since then, I've been working on it really, really hard. So that's probably one other thing I wanted to add from external pressure, just telling you to look a certain way and how I've flipped it now. And I'm forcing myself still some days, especially when I don't feel like or that I don't reach my expectation or whatever in quotations of what I should look like as a runner. I still uh, push myself to wear a crop top more and I'm doing it more and more and it's becoming easier and easier, but I probably struggle the most. And this is being really raw and honest at trainings with people that I race against, because I feel like a lot of them would also have similar thoughts in what a runner should look like formed because of external pressure and what they see. Mm. Uh, So they would potentially be the ones that would judge me the most, which is probably completely wrong, Mm. but I'm still struggling with that and working on that, uh, but I'm definitely getting better at it. And I feel that it's a success that I'll even, you know, rock up to a race in a crop top every time I'm like, walk away from it pretty proud of myself because it took some <laughs> courage to do it, yeah. but it's getting easier. But I mean, those, those comments and stuff have stuck with me for so long. And I think it's just such a call out if anyone here is a coach or if you have athletes or you train women, just be so mindful about what you say, because it will stick with women for a long time. We have so much pressure on us to be successful and look a certain way. So Mm -hmm. yeah, be real careful what you say. Uh, But then apart from that, 
yeah, I guess I talked about it a little bit before, just that I've sort of flipped the same way that you loads were saying that, you know, you perform at your best when you're like at your happiest or you're at your most excited and you don't have that pressure of it running a certain time or, you know, winning a race or have, I guess people can still say stuff to you like, oh, you're going to win that race, but you just brush it off now. You know, you're not going to be like, yeah, I'm going to win that race. I'm going to win that race because you can't control the competition. If someone else is going to have the best run of their life that day and you're just potentially not going to be able to beat them that day. And that's nothing to do with the fact that you didn't try your hardest or that you didn't train hard enough. It's just that they just had a really, really good day. So I think, yeah, learning to accept any sort of result and going into it with more of an enjoyment uh, focus and being, yeah, accepting of any result, knowing you've tried your hardest, you've put in all the work. And as long as you end that race feeling like you've given it absolutely everything that you possibly could, like that's all you can really ask for. And I think both of us have been on journeys to get to that point. But I definitely have learned a lot from you, Lids, in your um, positivity pre-running. And, you know, sometimes I'll text Liz before I say, give me a pep talk. And she'll give me a little pep talk about just how, like, I should be, you know, focusing on the fun side of it and just enjoying it. And um, and I think that's made the biggest change for my running. You know, I've had, I've run the best races I've ever run the last year. And that's because I've changed my attitude. Because uh, last track season was an absolute, just not a fun mental battle. I was really not enjoying it and, you know, crying before races and just not wanting to be there. Whereas now I'm going to go into the races. Yeah, I'll be a bit nervous and excited, but, you know, yeah, more open to whatever happens and just see what I can do and give it everything. Um, But yeah, that's definitely changed for me and that's probably changed the pressure I put on myself and the expectation no longer about times and places it's more about yeah the fun factor which has been awesome yeah that's awesome and I think I'm exactly the same like why do we do what we do if we weren't having fun you know like that's the most important thing and it really does break my heart when I see athletes out there who don't genuinely like love what they do you know and they don't love the sport and I see it all the time there's a lot of athletes out there who are amazing athletes they're really good at the sport that they do but they're not having the best time and I'm like I just don't think you should do anything in life if you you know especially when you have to commit so much time and energy into something like running like why would you do it if you weren't loving it so it is I think for me the most important thing is that I am having fun I think you know there's obviously days when I don't love running and it's hard and it's tough to get out there but you're always going to feel pretty amazing after a run. There's probably not a time where I haven't felt amazing after a run. So it's, um, yeah, as long as you're out there enjoying yourself, for me, that's when I do perform the best. I think, you know, pressure resulting in success for me, I guess, has come from trying to understand how I can use that pressure and turn it more into like motivation. I know that there will always be pressure, especially external pressure from people um, expecting for me me to be running certain times or making certain teams. But if I can almost forget that pressure, but take it and turn it into a motivation to want to train every day, like I love running because it makes me feel great, but I also do love running fast as well. And I think the idea of committing to training programs and working towards races, I really enjoy that challenge and having that motivation of thinking, you know, um, other people have this expectation of me. 
how can I use that expectation to my advantage and get up every day and get the training done? I think that's really helped me just build that real consistency in my training as well. And I think we all know consistency is key, especially when it comes to running. And so being able to keep consistent from the motivation that I get from this expectation people put on me has really, really helped me. Um, it's helped me see pressure in a really different light and be able to use it to my advantage. I think understanding that pressure can just be like in my head as well. I think this idea, like external pressure, this idea that we think people have of us. I, I heard this really good quote recently and it was said something like this. I'm not who I think I am. I'm not who you think I am. I am who I think you think I am, which is all about like the idea about who I am is projected from who you think that I am, if that makes sense. So trying to forget, you know, like, what people think of you and the expectation that people have on you and this idea that other people have created around you, trying to let go of that and just you know, really believe in yourself. I try to just believe in myself, who I am and understanding my identity and my purpose has really helped me try to remove myself from that level of the expectation and just perform to the best that I can, but at the same time have fun. <laughs> Yeah, so there's obviously the pressure that we feel as athletes, but then obviously Lids and I both become coaches uh, in the last, you know, 10 years or however long. And it's that sort of expectational pressure that we put on ourselves to be like the best coaches we can be. And especially with, you know, the Femi woman that we coach, a lot of them, you know, are going through stuff that we've been through and how can we be there for them and build them up into strong, confident women that are also... I guess, enjoying running and seeing the fun side of it as well. So I think for both of us, it's just, just making sure that uh, we're in our best mind so that we can be the best coaches for our athletes. But yeah, there is that pressure to be there every day and be performing well as a coach and making sure we're giving 100% uh, to our athletes. You can't pour from an empty cup. So if you're not, if you don't have the energy yourself and you're not looking after yourself, and if you're not living what you're preaching, then you're going to really struggle to be, you know, a good coach. So both Lids and I, you know, we we take what we tell our athletes as well on board. You know, I'm constantly telling them, have fun with it. Go out there, give it everything. That's all you can do. Oh, you had a bad training. That's totally fine. You know, it's one training. It doesn't mean anything. You're still getting fitter. You know, all these things that we say to ourselves, we we try to live and walk the talk as well. But yeah, I mean, we want to be the best coaches in the world for our Femi athletes and it is a lot of pressure, but hopefully we're doing a good job, eh? <laughs> I hope so. I think it's so true though. Like anyone that works with other people and helps mentor them, you might be, you know, a medical professional, you might be a coach, a trainer, a teacher. If you're anything like Esther and I and all of our Femi coaches, we want to give 100% to our athletes. We want to do what is best for them. And I've definitely had experiences in the past where I've dished out so much energy to other people. I've really left myself high and dry and had no energy to look after myself. So like Esther said, you can't pour from empty cup. Make sure that you look after yourself first because if you're in a really good position mentally, emotionally, physically, you're going to be the best person to turn up for other people anyway. So it's really important you live what you preach. It's even interesting just talking to Izzy last week. I know if you haven't listened to that podcast, definitely go back and listen to it. But I asked her about, you know, she talks about the importance of sleep and looking after yourself and recovery. And I know Dr. Izzy is a very busy woman. So I'm just making sure that she's looking after her 
herself as well in those regards because she talks about it a lot and she she did say she gets eight hours sleep so that's good (laughs) (laughs) so good all right let's jump into stress pressure and expectation of often results in some form of stress. And as you mentioned, you know, the levels of cortisol that we are producing in in relation to stress, which comes from expectation. So let's talk more about stress and, um, and the good versus bad stress. Like I said before, Izzy talked about it last week, you know, when I asked what's, you know, is there a bad training that you can do? And I was kind of leading in my mind towards HIIT training, but then the way she answered it, it was really, really good. And I think it reminded us all, you know, HIT has been demonized and it's not the HIT itself. It's just how often we're doing it and that we're not recovering. So stress is actually really good for us, right? Like we, we get adaptation from it. We either get, if it's physical stress, we get fitter. If you know, you're doing those really hard sessions and you're recovering properly and you're eating all the food after getting all the protein, all the hydration, having good sleep, you know, you got you'll eventually get fitter as long as you're having that recovery. But in a physical sense, if we just push and push and push, we don't get that recovery. You know, we are constantly doing hit, but we're not recovering and and potentially we're having crappy sleeps or, you know, not getting those recovery tools in, then you're going to end up, you know, having that raised cortisol for a long time. And it can lead to, yeah, physical issues that that can be long-term if you go too far with it. Uh, but not only that, you know, you, there's the mental stress as well from work, which can have the same effect. Our bodies don't, like obviously with physical stress, you're going to get your heart rate up higher and you're going to get fitter. But the stress itself, the same response, you know, is that cortisol being pumped. So if you're if you're constantly stressed at work or if you're constantly stressed emotionally with like a, a breakup or something happening with your family or someone's sick, you know, that has the same effect with cortisol. So any type of stress can be bad if it's too much and too often. And I think it's really important just to think what Izzy, Dr. Izzy said last week about, it's not the stress, it's like the behavior behind it that's pushing it. So yeah, stress is not a bad thing, but I think with the lifestyles a lot of us lead and working really, really hard, trying to train, uh, we potentially are not looking after ourselves well, that's when it can become a bad thing. And we have to be wary of that. And we have to be on top of of listening to our bodies, you know, when you feel really naked and you're like, okay, I am not recovering. That's when you need to take a step back and maybe have an easier week running or tell your work that you're struggling. The more open you are, the more people are going to understand if you just disappear and you're not doing your work properly, but you don't actually explain that's potentially when it's bad, but yeah, stress isn't a bad thing. It's just how much we get and if it's too often and and too too much emotionally yeah yeah definitely and you know both Esther and I have both suffered from redis and a lot of that well particularly for me had had come from just like too much stress and not letting myself rest and recover to get those cortisol levels down so I think it's right we just definitely have to have that balance and like Esther said whether it's um, mental stress emotional stress physical stress it all has the same impact so for me I try to prioritize you know where I want that stress to be coming from at different times throughout my life whether it's like in the training block or throughout the year like where I really want that energy to come from and which stress my body can put up with and what it can't put up with and even when we look at a training program you know like understanding that having 
stress throughout our week is important obviously for us to adapt to get fitter and faster and stronger but too much stress is going to push us over the edge and might lead to fatigue or injury or burnout so how can we make sure we periodize our training in the right way to make sure that we're adapting but not pushing ourselves over the edge so you know for a lot of our athletes we only really do one or two speed sessions a week and maybe a long run which is the right amount of stress to be able to get fitter and faster as a runner you don't need to be hitting yourself really hard you know five times a week you don't need to be pushing your heart rate up really high five times a week or more as as long as you are you know counteracting the stress with rest and recovery that's where you get your gains and we obviously at Femi work with our menstrual cycles and understand our menstrual cycles and adapt our programming to the menstrual cycle so even throughout the menstrual cycle whether it's a four-week or a five-week menstrual cycle having that periodization in our training block throughout those four or five weeks is really important for us because we know when our bodies can actually adapt to those stresses better and we know when we need to rest and recover better and focus more on that rest and recovery phase so I think now you know it's been many many years of learning for both of us and a lot of our coaches we've been through these experiences and now understanding that having balance is just so key to be able to adapt and for our bodies to be in the best possible position for us to perform really well so I think we obviously speak a lot about stress and expectation and pressure around running but I think everything we're saying and what we're talking about you can pretty much use in any parts of your life, whether it is work or whether it is training and for a different sport, no matter what, I think making sure that you get enough rest and recovery alongside the stressful situations, whether it's a stressful work situation or in training, that's where you are going to perform the best. And if you can take into account your hormonal fluctuations, even better. Yeah, I know for, for both of us, it's really helped our running and just also, yeah, like we say, going into those tougher sessions when you're feeling the best and you have the best energy is quite nice mentally as well. It takes the stress away, you know, when you're about to get your period or three days out and you go and you look and you've got, I don't know, six by K at three K pace or five. Well, no, that would be ridiculous. Maybe like five. <laughs> I was going to say that is the worst session in the world. Uh, <laughs> oh, don't do that. That would be tough. Uh, <laughs> but maybe like six by K at five K pace or something. That's going to be a killer session. And if you saw that, you know, three days before your cycle, that's going to be mentally hard because you're probably going to be pretty nervous. Uh, but yeah, so just, I think for both of us, it's been a learning, eh? being aware of, of the stresses that we're under and, and also understanding uh, how we can manage those stresses. So I think for me, one of the most important things that I've had to learn uh, is that I don't, I don't think I recover as fast as some of the girls I train with. And, and that's not a bad thing. You know, everyone's different. My, my current coach went to a seminar and they, the guy was an exercise physiologist or a coach. I can't remember who it was, but he was, speaking about how so many women are different or just your athletes are so different. And that one, one woman that ran or two women in this training group that ran 15, 10 for a 5k, which is very, very fast. One of them was doing three sessions over a 10 day cycle was doing three sessions in a hard long run. And the other one was doing one session and a long run. And they both ran 15, 10, you know, and that's what my coach reminded me. And I was like, yeah, that's so true. Cause I just, you know, if I push as hard as some of the other girls in my training group, I just dig myself into a hole and then I keep turning up to training and I can't finish it. And that's not only physically hard, but mentally because you start to doubt yourself. So I think 
for me, it's been understanding that I potentially don't recover as fast physically from training, but which is, yeah, again, not a bad thing. It's just, that's, that's my body. And now that I've sort of become able to accept that and move on from that, I, I'm probably running, you know, my, the best that I've run. And I think that's cause I've, I've found the right recipe. So just, yeah, for me as one of the biggest stresses is obviously training and knowing that I'm doing it correctly. Uh, but then also for me at the moment, one of the biggest stresses I think is, is, uh, with my partner. So obviously, yeah, he's going in to get a kidney transplant soon, uh, give his dad a kidney and just in the lead up to that, it's really tough. You know, I don't know if anyone here has anyone who has kidney disease or if they've had it themselves, but you know, finding a match is really hard and getting, making sure that everything's going to be safe for the donor and, and who's receiving it is quite painful and it's quite interesting. They do these tests. I'm going into quite a lot of detail here. So just shut me up if you don't want to hear about it, but they, um, they do all these tests over about six months and then they do the final test is called the cross match test. And that's the test that tells you if you're a match. And I just find it fascinating that they leave that to the last thing because someone's sort of, you know, pretty worried. Byron's been pretty worried about it all and, and whether he's going to be able to do this for his dad. And then right at the end, after everything he's been through, they're like, you know, it's a, it's a month long wait to find out if you're actually a match and if you can do it. So that's definitely been a stress on my life that I've had to take into consideration. Uh, but he is a match, everyone. Happy days. And that's all going ahead. But <laughs> I guess just being aware of what's going on in your life. And if you are feeling, you know, that's an added stress for me. I've never had to have a partner that goes through something like this. And just learning to like, obviously I have a very amazing person to work with who's very understanding, but you know, yeah, we are very open and honest with each other, which is awesome. And I think takes the load off a bit, doesn't it? (laughs) Definitely helps. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, that's crazy. That's a crazy amount of time that you're kind of waiting around to find out if it's even going to go ahead. I can't even imagine like the emotional stress that that would put you under. And Esther's so right. Like it's so important to understand everything else that goes on in our lives. I think a lot of us athletes just get really consumed by our training and really don't focus too much on what else is going on and how that really can impact how we feel as well. And especially females, you know, we're so busy. We have so many things that we need to be juggling and running is just one part of what we do. And so I think it's really understanding like what is your priority and if you have other things going on in your life you know maybe that training needs to take a bit of a backseat at the moment and just let your body use its energy wisely and even if it is something that's not physical but really mentally or emotionally draining that's where your energy needs to go and I know recently one of my athletes has been diagnosed with a stress fracture and she wants to keep training and do cross training and I've said to her Your body needs its energy right now, not just to heal your bones, but also to work through this mentally and emotionally, like getting an injury like that is really hard and it can take a lot out of you emotionally. And so your energy now needs to go to your mind and look after yourself um, in that regard. So don't even worry about cross training right now. That should be the least of your worries. Let's just try and get you feeling, you know, good within yourself and making sure that your body's 
sending the energy into the right places. So I think that's super important. I know I've had a pretty rough 2021. I've been through quite a lot myself with my family. And I think, um, you know, there's definitely been times this year where I've continued to run for sure, but it hasn't been my priority. And it's not something that I've been focusing on as much because I know that, you know, A, my family needed me and B, I had so much going on in my head that, that took enough energy in itself and running needed to take a bit of a backseat. So we definitely need to take all of those stresses into account when we're looking at our overall stress levels and, and our energy and making sure that we are making some really smart decisions. And yeah, sometimes maybe that races or training um, need to be pushed back in time. And, you know, we do have plenty of time to get to those start lines. So if this isn't the time for you, I'm sure one day it will be. um, And the training will come together in the right way when you've directed the energy to the right place at the right time. So prioritizing is really important. To finish up here, we're just going to chat through some steps to minimize pressure and stress. I think there are definitely some key things that we can do and that Esther and I both do to try to minimize minimize the pressure and stress in our lives to be able to perform the best we can, not just as athletes or coaches, but, you know, as friends and family members as well. So, Esther, what would you say is the first step that you would take to minimize the pressure and stress? Yeah, so I think realizing the only expectations that matter are the ones that you place on yourself. So I listened to this really good podcast by Ben Crow and he talked about Ash Barty who's like the most amazing Australian tennis player and she won like Wimbledon and she was number one in the world but she gets asked at press conferences all the time like oh how you're dealing with the pressure and the expectations of of everyone that um, they're placing upon you and she's like what expectations my own and then they go no 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 like the expectations of the media and she she goes the only expectations that matter to me are my own because that's the only one that you can control. You can't control that. You know, I think I was guilty of that, Lids, when you you did that 2018 road race. I think I actually said to you, oh, my God, Lids, you're going to win. You're going to win. You know, and since that, I've learned to, to not place that on people because I don't think it's it, it's helpful. But even if someone does say that to you, just remember that the only expectations that matter are your own and trying to really focus on that fun factor and just keeping it light and enjoyable. You know, sport is meant to be fun and the same with work and everything like our lives are, you know, yay long. We don't want to be so stressed out by all these expectations our whole lives. So yeah, just focusing on the expectations you have for yourself. You know, we all want to, we all do want to be successful and, and live, to a high standard in your own right or what you believe to be a high standard, but, you know, putting realistic expectations on yourself and just remembering that if someone else thinks you're going to win, you can't control the other competition. You can't control uh, a lot of things leading into a race. It's just what you believe in yourself and in the expectations you put on yourself. Yes. Love that. So I would say making sure that you're not spreading yourself too thin. And like I said earlier, like prioritizing things in your life that matter to you most at that moment in time. So just making sure that what is the most important thing to you at the moment, whether it is training for a race or if it is doing a project at work, or maybe it is just looking after your your kids or your friends or your family, like or it might be just looking after your own mental health, making sure that you prioritize what is the most important thing to you at that time and making sure that that level of energy that you have is going to that priority and that other things aren't stressing you out so much that you can't 
put the energy to grow in the areas that you need to. So prioritize and don't spread yourself too thin. Yeah, I think moving on from that one, you know, you obviously can prioritize and not spread yourself too thin by saying no. I think we sort of live in a society where people just think that they can do everything when it's not possible and you do need to say no to things. Uh, I think that's what we're kind of learning a little bit uh, through working with Femi and that sort of thing. But we just need to make sure that, you know, all the things that you say yes to, you know, are going to add value to you, but also you feel really proud in, in being involved in something like that. So yeah, learning to say no and also learning to speak up when you're struggling. I think that's really important. And Lids and I have both learned that together. It's cool that we work together, but, you know, we can be open and honest when we're tired or if something's happening in our family life. But yeah, saying no to things is so important and it's not a bad thing to say no. You know, it's 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 completely fine. And if the other person doesn't understand, then whatever, just say no. <laughs> and it's funny because I've always prided myself on being a yes girl. Like I will say yes to everything. And I think it's only like now that I'm really starting to say no to things. And it's probably because Esther's encouraging me to push back on things and do starting to say no, because I do need to prioritize, which it's working out for me so, so far. Um, <laughs> the next one would be recognizing unhealthy actions from external parties. So this, I guess, is more about like, pushing back or speaking up when things don't feel right or if you are feeling expectations from people around you telling them that you're feeling it and that it's not helpful it all that changes need to be made so whether it's you know your partner or your workmates or your training friends or your coach putting these pressures on you you are only going to perform better when you are relaxed happy comfortable healthy so if you if these expectations are not making you feel in those ways then you need to tell those people to make changes and not to say those things so that you can perform the best that you can yeah definitely that was like my coach you know that didn't help me in any way shape or form <laughs> and I should have said something but learnings uh the last one from me is yeah finding your why and understanding your purpose so I think what that does is that it takes that pressure away because you've got something deep down that you're aiming for that you'll never quite reach. So, you know, for both Lids and I, it's helping women, empowering women and getting them to understand their bodies and basically build confidence through running and through coaching at Femi. But I think the risk is that if you don't know your purpose or your why, you will just become someone who is, oh, I'm a runner or this is my why is that I want to run fast. And then when you get injured or if you're not running fast, then what are you? So I think, yeah, the reward in knowing your why and your purpose is that you have something outside of yourself that you can fall back on if potentially you didn't quite reach a goal that you were aiming for. Uh, but yeah, I think that's been really important for both of us as well. Yeah. And I think understanding your purpose kind of can allow you to prioritize. It will allow you to make the right decisions for you, which will reduce the stress and it will reduce the expectation that you put on yourself. So it's all so intertwined. All right. Well, I think that's it for today. So thank you for tuning in to episode number eight on the Femi Pod. We really appreciate everybody that has been listening and all the feedback that we've been getting so far has been so amazing. So thank you so much for that. We will be back next week with an incredible guest that we'll be launching in the next couple of days on Instagram. But in the meantime, if you are training for the Nike Melbourne Marathon, you can join our Facebook group, which is in the show notes for the training journey for the next four weeks. Um, and you can find us on Instagram at Femi.co.
Thank you for joining us and we will see you all next week. Bye.